This is Roof English Radio with Darenata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. Hello, this is Roof English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company on this Friday afternoon, at least that's what it is, if you're listening to this conversation when it is published. We are going to set the scene for you at about three o'clock on Friday afternoon, on the 17th of November. The first thing to say is, at this time, still no eruption across the Reykjanes Peninsula or in Grindavik. And we're almost a week on now from those very severe earthquakes, which did not apparently at the time strike us as as going to be significant in the way that they have, of course. We now know that the town of Grindavik has been very badly damaged by those earthquakes. But the waiting game continues. We still find ourselves waiting for the eruption, which earthquakes like that, and indeed earthquakes of even lesser severity, have tended to proceed across the peninsula over the course of the last three years. But as we sit here, as I say, around three o'clock on Friday afternoon, there is still no eruption. Now, Christine Jonsdottir from the Icelandic Met Office does believe that the most likely scenario is that an eruption will begin within the next few days. There have been, at the time of this conversation, around 1,000 earthquakes recorded since midnight, the largest of those at Hagafetl at around half past five this morning of magnitude three. The land deformation that is going on around this magma intrusion, this long channel, I suppose, is one way of putting it, this dike uh, that's 15 kilometres long, that continues, the land continues to reshape itself, but that process has slowed down somewhat. Someone else from the Icelandic Met Office, a geophysicist by the name of Benedikt Ofgissen, uh, says there are clear signs of expansion of the magma Uh, at this magma intrusion along this dike. And also interesting is the fact that magmatic gas has been measured from a borehole around Svartsengi, which of course is the location of the power station, which is being, we hope, protected from any uh, eruption and any lava flow that does follow. This gas is considered to be confirmation that magma is present. Now, we still don't know if there is going to be an eruption, of course. I spoke yesterday to someone who was convinced the odds were 50-50. And that's not bet hedging. That is simply a reflection of the reality that we don't know with any certainty what is going to happen here. The Earth does not behave or perform to any particular schedule. The conversation I had was with Thorvald Thorthason, who is Professor of Volcanology and Petrology at the University of Iceland. He told me yesterday here on Roof English Radio that his educated guess, unquote, would be that an eruption could happen within 10 days, but also that the chances of it happening diminish after that. That's not to say that if we get to, where does that put us, the middle of the week after next, that's not to say if we get to that point and there has not been an eruption, we can wipe our collective brow and say that it's not going to happen. But it's his educated guess, his words, that um, beyond that point, the chances of an eruption this time round do certainly decrease. What else is happening this Friday afternoon? We have another, of course, return to the town of Grindavik by the residents of the town, controlled by the police chief in Sudanes and others. Uh, They have said it has gone well today, Friday, and the hope is that on Saturday there will be another controlled return. Residents were allowed into the most dangerous area, the so-called red zone to the north and west of the town. This is where the magma intrusion runs underneath, we think. 
And for that reason, it's the most dangerous part. Residents were allowed to return there from nine o'clock this morning. That is Friday morning. And business representatives, staff of companies back in from two o'clock in the afternoon. One of those businesses reporting extensive damage. That's the Netto Superstore, the supermarket rather, in Grindavik. The head of the company that owns Netto is Gunnar Il Sidhason, who says the situation in the shop is not good. He thinks that a lot of the shop's stock is useless since there was no electricity and water yesterday. Every day that passes means that more products are damaged and a lot of food is going to go to waste. Talking of electricity, however, I think one of the most, well, inspiring videos that we've posted on Roof English in the last few days is of all the lights coming back on in the town of Grindavik as power was restored at about 5.15 yesterday afternoon, Thursday afternoon. There is a video available on the Roof English Facebook page and it will put a smile on your face and it is a hopeful sight. It's literally light returning, the lights being switched back on as those workers there were able to repair uh, some of the significant damage that had caused that power outage in the turn, uh, in the town. So that's where we are on Friday afternoon. We know that the return of the residents has gone well today. We know that as we sit here, the power is back on. We know that there is still a high probability of an eruption, but there has not been an eruption so far in Grindavik across the Reykjanes Peninsula for however long that remains the case is yet to be seen. But as things stand, no eruption. And just on that point, we have discussed uh, over the last few days why some people on social media feel the need to post absolute nonsense about this being the end of Iceland as a country, as one particularly egregious example had it from one, one American TikToker who suggested that Iceland is literally about to break apart and cease existing as a country. Absolute nonsense. And I do wonder sometimes with such individuals whether they believe this themselves or whether they're just doing it for clicks and likes or whether it's a combination of the two. But as things stand, and I have spent much of the week telling this to various foreign media who've called us asking for some comments and for some insight here. I'm sitting here as I talk to you right now at, what is the time, 11 minutes to three on the Friday afternoon in the Reykjavik, in the capital, where life continues without any issue whatsoever. Iceland remains a safe place to live and a safe place to travel to. Everyone here in the capital, of course, everyone in the rest of the country has tremendous sympathy for everyone from the town of Grindavik. 3,400 people have been evacuated who are in other parts of the country now, staying with friends and family in various other places on a temporary basis, desperate to get back to Grindavik. The whole country is behind them. The whole country is rallying round those thousands of people who had to leave their homes so very suddenly and so very unexpectedly, not even seven days ago. Think back to last Friday. And we had the situation where even until nine, ten o'clock at night, the people of Grindavik did not think that they would have to leave the town, that the evacuation was going to have to happen. There were plans in place, and thankfully there were, there were plans in place, and, and the evacuation went very smoothly indeed. But right up until some data that came from the Icelandic Met Office late on Friday night, civil defence, for example, the police, no one in the town thought that the town was going to have to be evacuated. So everybody's thoughts are with those people from Grindavik. Everyone's hope is that something happens or doesn't happen, which will allow them to return to the town. We heard from the uh, mayor of Grindavik over the last couple of days that the repairs to the town are going to take a long time. And indeed, the head of civil defence has said today, Friday, 
that everyone is in this essentially for the long haul, so to speak. This is not going to be a quick fix. Uh, the situation across Grindavik and Drekines, even if things freeze as they are, even if that magma under the ground solidifies and doesn't move any further, we're going to be in a position where a lot of work is required for a long time, not least when it comes to housing people. And I just want to quote the words of of one of those evacuees from the town. This is Hulda Johansdottir, who was a kindergarten director in Grindavik. She had to leave her home like many others. She is calling for the government to either maintain or step up their response, depending on your view. She says, we need to be helped now. Uh, She says there's a great urgency to ensure a safe home for all residents while this dangerous situation continues in Grindavik. And of course, our thoughts, everyone's thoughts with those evacuees, 3,400 in number. And we hope that the situation begins to resolve in whatever the best possible way is as soon as possible. So this is Roove English Radio and I'm Darren Adam. And if you've never heard the output of the service before, it's not every day, of course, that we cover events such as the ones unfolding on the Rekunes Peninsula or indeed not unfolding on the Rekunes Peninsula, but that has very much dominated what we've done this week. We do, of course, seek to bring you Iceland in all of its glory, bringing Iceland to the world in audio form is, I suppose, the mission statement of what we do. And I want to, in that spirit, bring you the second part of our programme today. A couple of weeks ago, long before there was any serious prospect of of what we saw last Friday, I was in Kvergerði and various other parts of South Iceland as well. But I was at the LA Art Museum in Kvergerði, Listesappen Arnesinger. It's an art museum that preserves a small collection of modern and contemporary art, mainly Icelandic artists, but also some work by international artists as well. I spoke to the museum director, Christine Schieving, about the museum, which is owned by eight municipalities across Arnes County, winner of the Icelandic Museum Prize in 2018, a lovely place to be, as it turned out, with a couple of great exhibitions running right now. Welcome to the museum. We um, actually celebrate a 60-year anniversary this year. So I would like to tell you a little bit about the history. I'd, I'd love to hear all about it. Yeah, well, it's uh, eight municipalities that own this museum. That's very special. Uh, and it is in Arnes Sistla, the county of Arnes, which is quite large. I, I just showed you. I, I, yeah, yeah. We, we will, you know, maybe, you know, people can look it up. But it's quite beautiful. It's actually a little bit like a whale or something. So I kind of like this does, picture. Okay. And it goes all the way to Geyser and Gutlfors. So it's quite large and all yeah. the way here to the south coast. More more or less to the highlands, I suppose, yes, when yeah. you, and certainly to the edge of one of the glaciers if you look at the map here. Yeah, yeah. We are here in Kvergerði, which yeah. is uh, a little bit to the west of Selfos on Route 1. So let's talk then about the art that is on display here, as well as a couple of other projects that you've yeah. been involved in mm-hmm. and, and will be involved in. So let's start at the present day. Ragnheder Jonsdottir, yeah. an exhibition of her work is taking place. Yes, she is uh, from well, originally from this county, born in uh, Arnes County, but she's uh, like a living legend. She mm. became 90 years old this uh, summer, 
and we are super uh, excited that she chose, she came to present this project to have this ex exhibition opening on her yeah. uh, anniversary year because she's a, she's a star in Icelandic art scene and uh, absolutely important. She's a graphic uh, artist, uh, which uh, was very much a pioneer in graphic art in Iceland. And she did this kind of iconic uh, artwork mm -hmm. that uh, people have been seeing very much uh, recently because of the, the women uh, strike yes. last, last week. She kind of has been everywhere because of that and it's very good for us. And we have a poster for sale, so it's like this uh, very iconic images. And of course, she has new work. That she's st still art making art at her age. Uh, she works with coal today, so I recommend people coming to see uh, that exhibition. Yeah. It's until twenty uh, second of December, okay. and it's a free entry always, just to make sh sure that people know. And we really would like uh, to, to reach to greater uh, audiences, especially the ones who don't speak Icelandic. It's very important for us to try to um, get that through, that you can come here as much as you want. You can hang around. We have, of course, Wi-Fi, and it's really beautiful to come to Kvergerð, and you can yes. spend the whole day swimming pool, the, the geyser area, amazing restaurants, and then this museum, which is uh, fabulous. Mm. Well, I mean, art is one of the international languages, I suppose, isn't it? Uh, Chaos is the name of the uh, Ragnhilde Jonsdottir exhibition that's on, as you say, till the end of uh, December. How many exhibitions or how frequently would you change an exhibition? We do have around six exhibitions a year. Uh, now we have two, so we also have Jakob Vegaseusson, who is also a local, uh, he's here behind you, we'll, we'll look at that in a minute. Mm. It's a really interesting artist also who is based in Vienna, but he's from Kvergen, so he's, uh, it's his first solo exhibition in, in a museum in Iceland, I think, but he's doing a lot also well, in, in uh, Austria. Let's go and take a quick look at some of the works uh, of Jakob Vegaseusson. Uh, may your hand not hurt. And, well, these are textile works. Yeah, well, he, it's an oil painting on textile. Yeah. He had them hand woven for him in Iran. So it's a really nice uh, uh, story. He came to present this project to me with his uh, then uh, girlfriend from Iran. And they had uh, just been in a, uh, like, they were planning this exhibition. I really liked the collaboration. They were working with uh, weavers in Iran. And uh, this history that they were kind of, and she was curating an exhibition with uh, Jakob. And then they broke up. And that became kind of another uh, history for him to tell. But still, they, they managed to work together. Okay. But there's funny things, like Jakob said here during an artist talk, that at one moment she was very angry with him, so she cut out a piece of his uh, painting. Okay. And then she hand-sewn it together when they had uh, right. made up. Because you know? this is one of the large artworks that we're standing in front of. It's yeah. maybe two meters by, by four or five. Yeah. And you can see, as you say, in the bottom right, there is a rectangular section which has been ripped cut off, off and then yeah. <laughs> cut off and, and then and then sewn back on again and it's quite another uh, one yeah. here yeah <laughs> i think it's quite nice but i think uh, i like the way because he's actually he's uh, educated as an engineer first uh, mm. before he, he started to work as an artist uh, and you can see how he uses the whole space which is also quite yeah. uh, special for for you know at it least feels quite cozy in here with all of really these textiles nice. doesn't yeah. it and also uh, hopefully again before christmas we had here during the opening an iranian uh, group 
group who played and it was amazing and it was so packed we had 1200 people packing into the museum for the opening yeah. it's never been so busy the staff felt like they had like been in an accident we were so <laughs> tired <laughs> well, you've got bean bags on the floor cushions yeah. on the floor as well so people can sit down and relax and enjoy what's yeah, going on you can imagine family sit here yeah. for a long time and you can listen to the performers in the the, the headphones there and uh, i am really happy to have worked with jacob it's been a great honor to work with him and uh, yeah, so it's exciting. And he has donated this uh, painting now to the museum because that's how we acquire artwork. We are mainly donated artwork by artists and that's very generous. So yeah. we got this uh, artwork donated. Oh. There's a whole documentary about his journey between Iran and Iceland. I recommend people looking that up on okay. YouTube and on Vimeo. Okay, so this yeah. exhibition, the one we've just tried to describe, that's on until? It'll be the same, 22nd December. of December. Okay. So now we're in front of Ragnar Cosmos Chaos, and these are the iconic painting. These are the, the women with a cake on the on their um, heads. Yes. I think maybe I don't know. People have to come and read, but it's quite interesting stories behind uh, her paintings. And she has written the text, and we have them in English and Icelandic next to uh, each of the stories for people to read. But I think it's. Uh, this is something that most people recognize. They know this artwork and also the ones that we will see later yeah. uh, with the 24th of October 75, which we were like do, re repeating Absolutely. last Absolutely. week, 100,000 women. Just in, in terms of how iconic she is and how iconic her work is in Iceland, there's a touch of the Frida Kahlo about that, isn't there, I think? Yeah, maybe. I, I'm, I'm not sure how to explain. It's just someone that we have always been uh, aware of when you are working in the scene. Yes. And yes kind of, of course, you have to know about her when you're studying art in Iceland. And I think uh, people remember her. And she's also, you know, it's funny to hear her talk about her artwork. She's a very interesting lady. And when we, we had an artist talk uh, with her uh, shortly after the opening, on the 17th of September, um, she was here sitting and there was like, I don't know how many people were here, at least 100. And, you know, just bursting out laughing all the time. Yeah. So she's humorous and she's not like, um, you know, she's just kind of very um, in touch with people. Yeah. And I think uh, yeah. and this is her newest work, which is actually titled Cosmos Chaos. Okay. So this is where that comes from. And it's very much, you can feel the cosmos and the chaos. <laughs> and, and you can also feel, I think, the Icelandic climate to an extent, can't yeah. you? Because these yeah. are... Uh, large works with greys and whites and blacks and the one I'm standing in front of here looks a little bit like a swarm of birds sort of chaotically arranging themselves against a, yeah. a grey Icelandic sky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, this is a really interesting. She explained how she does this work. She do uses uh, her sock with coal in it. So she uses, uh, she has her own method because she couldn't do the printing anymore at one point because of the toxic and, and she just, I think, also wanted to move on. And then she... She started to do, uh, use more coal, and, and m many of the works here uh, are made with coal. So she is a humorous person, because these works don't look terribly humorous, do they? <laughs> well, I, I mean, being with her is very, I mean, she's a very uh, strong woman, you know, yeah. and, and I think for me, I, I was just very, very uh, proud yeah. to, to work with her. And we had a curator, uh, Daria Sol Andrews, who curated with her. So they were a really interesting, nice team because uh, Daria is 30 years old and, mm. and, uh, and Ragnar 90, so it's also this kind of generational gap. But they managed to have a really nice uh, 
you know, dialogue. And I think this exhibition is wonderful uh, in it that is. sense, you know. It's really stunning. The work is absolutely, it's very, very striking. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think also here we were also trying to show a little bit about her history. You know, she has also been uh, illustrating in books. Uh, here you can see one of her etching, uh, you know, plates. This would have been used then for printing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this so is this an is etched metal plate and there yeah. are various tools that yeah. she would have used. And here are photos of her throughout a, a long and happy career. Absolutely. And she has five sons which is also quite special in that scene. And, and she talks about that a lot, that uh, uh, she was uh, happily married and she always got space for her uh, art uh, making, which is very important. And, 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 but she did reflect though on her motherhood a lot. So the, these uh, dress in the pregnant, pregnancy dresses, there's five uh, artwork in the front of the museum when you come in where you can see. And I mean, I don't know, I have to ask her, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure because she has five sons. So yeah. I don't know if each uh, dress is for one son. <laughs> I have to ask her next time I meet her. But um, so people can also come and read about this this wonderful artist. Yes. Well, there is an astonishing body of work here, so highly recommended. And this is a free exhibition as well, as you said. Yeah. Everything. All. Everything, everything is free, is free yeah. here, apart okay. from what we have in the museum shop. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's head back out in yeah. that general direction, yeah. and we'll have a chat about some of the other projects that yeah. you mentioned before we switched on the microphones. Um, yeah. let, let's start with something that began during COVID when yeah. obviously the museum was, I say obviously, but the museum was not open because of COVID, but you were still able to bring art to school children throughout the, the county. Yeah, we decided, of course, we, we were quite lucky in Iceland. We didn't have to close the museum as much as our colleagues in Europe, but still we had some moments where we, we were not allowed to... Uh, uh, have, have the museum open. Yes. So we decided to uh, apply for funding, Children Fund, Barna Menningarsjóður, Children Fund here in Iceland, where we got uh, funded uh, three times in a row to uh, get artists to work with the museum where they would go to the schools because the schools could not really come mm -hmm. to the museum anymore. And that was a really nice project. And uh, that went three years in a row. And this year we didn't get the fund because you can't get it every time. You know how that is. So we're just finding new ways to work with the school. So we're yeah. making now with the artists uh, our own kind of um, package of uh, um, educational uh, materials mm. that our uh, head of or the manager of education is, is yeah. putting together. And what sort of response did you get and did the artists get from the children when they went to the schools? I mean, it was really well received. I mean, of course, some workshops were more popular than others. We had yeah. stop motion um, workshop okay. that they loved. I mean, and, and I know teachers in some of the schools used it for other um, subjects like English or something like that, because when children got their screen, they all have their screen and they could start to make their own stories with this tools that we taught them, they could make it for history in, in English as well. So yeah. that was uh, really nice. And actually we worked with a, uh, artist that is working for Musée d'Orsay in Paris. So we got like really high skilled people working Good. with us, Icelandic and uh, uh, foreign uh, artists. Um, yeah. Well, talking of Icelandic artists, there's another one here that I know you want to mention, the work that you were doing to celebrate Ausgrimur Jonsson, who's one of the pioneers of Icelandic visual art. A bit of background on him then before we oh. get into the museum's involvement with his work. 
Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about our screaming because we haven't done enough this summer, but we have. We have kind of not stop, stopped spoke, uh, speaking about him. As we had this year uh, opening on the 11th of February uh, this year, uh, we were celebrating our 60th anniversary. Mm. So we um, took out many of our uh, own collection. So it was an exhibition for, for the whole summer uh, with our own collection. And it was 59 artists and 123 artwork that we showed. And one room was dedicated to Oscar Mjonsson. Oscar Mjonsson was born here in Arnes County mm. in Flowey, which is not very far away from here. And we have this map that people can find on our on our webpage, where you can see where he's born here. In it's called Tim. No, I mean it's called Söderkot i Rustakarve. And there's a little forest that you can see the ruins. The houses were not saved, unfortunately, where he was, uh, um, you know, um, born. But he went where he was very young to the house in Eirabaki, the Heritage Museum, and he was there as a helper you know with the cows and everything so as a teenager he came from a quite poor background and he uh, ended up being with these wealthy people in Eirabaki where he uh, experienced and he got his first watercolors there so it had a very big influence on him and of course the, f the mountain range around this area is stunning and this influenced him very much when he was uh, later uh, painting he was going to think but let a lot to paint and he went also often to Hapni and to Mulakot, uh, you know, so he was, uh, and we actually had last, uh, until end of summer, uh, this room, and we dedicated this kind of way, new way, Ausgrim's way, uh, where people could uh, find their way around where he lived and even where he's buried now. He's buried in Gölvere Bayer Kirkegarder. It's really a long name. And then, of course, in Reykjavik, you have the house, his house where he lived as an older man. Yeah. And that has been donated to the National Gallery of Iceland. So we, we actually hope that people will, because this is an ongoing uh, project. So we are going to continue promoting it next spring. Okay. But I just wanted to say one thing. The reason why we have this museum is because because of his niece. So it's all connects in a really beautiful way. His niece uh, was Bjarne uh, Bjarnadóttir. Mm. And of course, probably because of her uncle, she got very interested in art. So she started to collect art. And she was not born in, in, in this area, but she had very, of course, strong roots through her mother, the sister of Ausgrimur. And uh, at one point she says, now I want to donate my collection to the county of Arnes, uh, Arnes Isla. So that was like in, in 1963, uh, she donated it. It was actually no space here, so that it was done in the National, Gallery of, uh, National Museum of Iceland, yeah. Thilminasab, uh, where she donated it. And it was very much in the press. And everybody was super impressed with this lady who was giving away, because she had been collecting not only her uncle, but all kind of the most famous artists at that time who are kind of our uh, yeah. big artist names today. And that was on display the whole summer. And do you think that Icelandic visual artists are becoming better known internationally? Because everyone can name lots of Icelandic musicians and Icelandic writers, of course. But when it comes to the visual arts, is that a, an area that's as well understood, do you think? Or is there room for that to be promoted more? I think it should be promoted more, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, I'm educated in France and in England, and there was very few Icelandic artists uh, in any of the artist books. I mean, I think in France it was only Arrow, 
Uh, and and in, in England, I don't remember if they spoke about anyone. Maybe Oliver Eliasson came when I was still living in England. That's it. I don't really remember. So I think now, of course, we have Ragnar Kjartansson, who is yes. doing really well, and Steinova Sulka, who's uh, someone that I've been working with quite a lot. So there are uh, artists that are uh, quite well known, but I think there's room for, for, for more. Absolutely. Yes. Well, actually, I've only ever seen the artworks of Ragnar in, in the UK, yeah. <laughs> in the Barbican in London, <laughs> right. in fact, yeah, yeah. but never here in Iceland. So there is, there's room for improvement in that regard, I suppose. I so. And going back to the museum that we're in, it is owned by the county by eight different municipalities. We have been talking in Selfos about how that town is becoming of much more interest, not just to people who are passing through and want to stop, but also as a tourist destination, a visitor destination as well. And not just for people from abroad, but from people within Iceland as well. Do you have those hopes for this museum? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it all works together because we are on this golden circle route. Uh, we get the traffic, people yes. are um, coming through. I mean, it's very hard to not pass here when you go into Selfos unless you go through Thingvellir. So I think we all, it works together. And that's mm. kind of my mission is because I live in Eirabakki. Mm. I am from, uh, my mum is from the Hrunamannreppur, which is close to Flúðir. Um, and I mean, I'm working in Kverakerði. I drive through Selfos. I mean, all I mean, everything I need to get is kind of from coming from Selfos. If I can't find it here in Kverakerði, uh, and uh, for me, it's very important that the whole county kind of works together. And uh, we also made this sculpture route that people can find also on our uh, web page, yeah. where there are sculptures all over the on the coast. Uh, some people can, if they are into art and want to explore, and this is, mm. of course, always so, for free. <laughs> so these are some of the artworks on display in, in Arnes County. So let's just take a couple of these as examples for anyone who's unfamiliar, maybe. Where yeah. would you point them out I, of the eight or nine that are pictured here? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think people should always go to Skalholt, to the church, because there's two of the artworks that we take here. There's two female artists, Nina Tryggvadóttir and Gerðar Helgadóttir. Uh, Gerðar Helgadóttir has a museum in Reykjavík with her name, Gerðarsafn. Other works that people can look at, I mean, this is in Flúðir by Einar Jónsson, Alda Aldana. Uh, it, it also, you have a museum in Reykjavík also in his name by Hattgrimskirke, by the big church. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I, I think people can find so many interesting things around here. We've had other conversations about this, the importance not just for local communities, but for visitors too, to be spread around the country. I just want to say, like, if I go swimming, I go to the swimming pool in Thorlasab, mm. for example, because here in Kverikir, it can be quite packed, but this swimming pool here in Kverikir, because you know we're swimming pool people in Iceland, we cannot get enough yeah, of going uh, to the swimming pool. Well, I was thinking that today because I'm a big fan of them, and it's one of the things we've always enjoyed over the many, many, many years since we first came here. I don't think we've been to the swimming pool in Kvergerði, and that's possibly the only pool in Iceland that you can say that about, I think. Oh, you need to go I there. Need to go. Absolutely. <laughs> it's really beautiful, that one. Yeah. Have you been to Thulasen then? And you, I, I've yeah, been there, there. Yeah, and yeah. I was in the pool in Selfos this morning <laughs> yeah, indeed, but right. uh, maybe I should have stopped off in Kvergerði and, well, and gone to that pool. Well, look, we've, you've done your job not just for the museum, but for the South Iceland Tourist Board as well, by the sounds of it, <laughs> in, in our conversation. The museum is Listesabn uh, Arnesinga, 
which is the museum, the art gallery here. And that's where the LA comes from as well, we yeah. should say. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not influenced by Los Angeles, but no, this is the museum. It's a cool name. It's I a like great that. name. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> cool name. This is the museum that is owned they by have the to county. Have Iceland in, uh, behind it, so yes. we <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, thank you very much indeed. Good luck with the rest of these two runs. Um, did we touch on what's going to replace them in the in the new year? We've no, talked some about, yeah, about other think, plans. Uh, it would be nice for us to just mention quickly. We have four uh, solar exhibitions opening um, in beginning of March because we're going to uh, go through some changes. We're going to fix our bathroom, so we're going to cl uh, close the museum for one extra month. Okay. Uh, but that's actually really exciting. We have Trapketl Sigurdsson, who actually won the Visual Art Award this year. Then we have uh, Sigga Björk Sigurdsdóttir, Kristin Maur Palmason, and Arla Haraldsdóttir. And they are all very interesting artists, and I hope to see you again then in beginning of March next okay. year. Dates in the diary. Christine, thank you very much indeed. Great to talk to you today. This is Ruv English Radio and you can get in touch with us on Ruv English anytime. English at ruv.is There is more from Ruv English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Ruv English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster Ruv.